Yo, Big D back, and we're here talking weather on the Big D podcast. Before bringing my meteorologist for a friend, please subscribe, like, and share the Smoky Spectrum Swords YouTube page where you don't know what the weather forecast will be here, but I can assure you it's going to be hot. Also, check out the Big D podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, joining us from... Uh, a little cooler place as uh, my friend uh, Dennis. Dennis, uh, it's wild. It's super wild cold weekend. You know what that means. What's the weather going to be? Oh, well, this is the time of the year where when you play games all over the country, you're more likely than not to have nasty active weather. But this year, um, we're really getting lucky because the northern games um, for for the Bills, of course, the, the most northern of the games, Minnesota indoors, but Buffalo is getting about the nicest weather that Buffalo could ever hope to get this time of the year because they won't have lake effect snow. They won't have a major snowstorm just from you know the regular pattern, and it's not going to be bitterly cold. Um, we're probably going to be looking at a game time temperature about 35 degrees. Winds shouldn't be all that strong. So um, I think Buffalo is going to luck out. Uh, Cincinnati, likewise, I don't think there's going to be any major issues for Cincinnati, maybe 40 degrees at game time. Um, you know, well, I should say 40 degrees for an afternoon high, probably dropping down to about 35, 36 by game time there. But again, no real strong winds, and uh, Florida games are going to be uh, pretty docile as well. So the only game that I'm really concerned about is that 49ers game, and usually this time of the year, it's almost a little too early for the real bad weather, for the, the typical rainy weather uh, for the Bay Area, but there's been just a series of very strong weather systems moving on shore and sort of this semi-permanent feature that sits over the Pacific Northwest is kind of dug down a little farther south than usual. And uh, California, as a result, is getting a horrible, horrible flooding. And they got another round. I guess this would be around round four for Northern California is coming this weekend. And uh, looks like the, the brunt of this storm is going to hit just about at game time. Uh, the worst weather getting there probably about uh, 11 o'clock noon local time out there. And uh, the game time set for 1.30, I believe. So uh, I think we're going to be looking at a, at a situation where there's going to be the potential for heavy rain. And with these kind of weather systems, it's really weird on the winds because your winds in the Bay Area can be almost psychotic, like schizophrenic winds where – they're one moment, they're 10, 12 miles an hour. And then, uh, you know, a half hour later, a little wave of precipitation comes in and the winds are gusting to 30. So it's going to be a very unpredictable wind conditions for the game and uh, quite a bit of rain. I would say during the game, they have the potential to get between one and two inches of rain. So, uh, it's going to be pretty nasty, and they've had some pretty heavy rains already around the area. So uh, there might be some serious flooding around, even in the streets and the parking lots for the ballpark. So 
Um, there could be some issues getting folks to the game. And uh, you mentioned the uh, Seahawks 49ers game. Uh, that seems to be the one place where weather will definitely impact this uh, Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, I'm hearing same thing you all. It's going to be windy, rainy. I think same. I think the Bay Area is underneath either like a flood watch or flood warning yep. because of all the weather. But uh, if you were, I mean. Obviously, fantasy season no, but if you were like betting the game or potentially playing DFS, would you look? Would you be more concerned at the wind in Santa Clara or the rain? Uh, the rain, I think, because it's just going to come in. You know, at, at times it's going to come in sheets, but you know the the trouble with the Bay Area that was an area that I concentrated on as a weather forecaster when I was with United Airlines. The Bay Area is very tough to forecast because of the terrain along the coast and the terrain inland. It affects these weather systems quite a bit. And there are no upper air stations. There's no weather balloons that go up across the ocean. So the weather models don't always do a great job of initiating the conditions. So a lot of times, you know, you're basing just off of satellite data to uh, to input into the models, they don't have as exact data as, as they do uh, for a storm here in the Midwest or on the East Coast. So you end up getting a lot of times the models don't know quite how to handle the storms. And then you get a terrain difference in the area where, you know, it can be absolutely awful in San Jose uh, at the airport at San Jose, which is a couple of miles away from the, the ballpark in Santa Clara. And it can be, you know, just a lighter rain in Santa Clara. The radar is going to be looking pretty weird on Saturday uh, for that game. It's going to be very hard to um, figure out with any exact, you know, guess this far out. But the one thing I can say is uh, I'm in a playoff league where you, you know, you pick your guys and then you get more points for them if they continue to play in, in advanced games. And before the weather, I was going to load up on every San Francisco 49er because I really have a feeling they're going to go deep in the playoffs. I like their defense, but with the way this rain is, I, I'm going to get off of Brock Purdy. I'm going to go with Josh Allen instead. And I'm going to probably still take McCaffrey at running back. And I'm I'm kind of debating what to do at tight end. I'll probably take Kelsey and take a zero this week because I really like the Chiefs' chances of getting all the way to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I would be worried about this because it's not just the kicking game. It's just the fact that it's going to be probably a low-scoring game because of the rain. The only thing I like is the, uh, the in this league that I'm in, this playoff contest that I'm in, you pick a team defense, and I'm picking San Francisco because I think it's going to be a turnover special for both teams. I would expect to see, you know, two or three fumbles by each team. You know, you just never know if the other team's going to get it or that you're going to recover your own fumble. But I expect the the ball to be on the turf uh, at least four or five times this weekend. Yeah, mud ball for mud ball on his side. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because I just don't know enough. I, we don't have enough track record for that stadium to know how it will take the rain. 
So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, they've had the field covered through all of these storms the last week, too. So I'm sure that they, they've done a good job of keeping, you know, keeping the water off the field. But you got to pull the, the tarp, you know, a couple hours before game time. You're going to take some heavy rain at times during this game. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a mess. But, again, I don't have enough of a track record because there really aren't enough data points of heavy rain on the stadium at Santa Clara. Uh, so we really don't know how the field is going to react. I mean, if you were going to get rain on a stadium like Soldier Field uh, in Chicago, you know it would be just a soupy mess and you know it would be unplayable by halftime, but uh, don't have enough rec- you know, records of, of how this is going to hold up with, uh, with rain out there in Santa Clara. I mean, the 49ers started this season and on a wet soldier field. Maybe, maybe it's good luck for them. <laughs> well, they did lose that game, though. So it was, a, yeah. it was kind of a mess. But, you know, Seattle is, is kind of used to playing in this mess. So maybe this is the great equalizer. I don't know. But, um, but this is very much like a Pacific Northwest pattern that they get. So, um, they're going to be used to the to the, the heavier rains, I think. But uh, but yeah, that's it's kind of unusual that we go into a a weekend with uh, six different games, and that's really the only one that's going to be a weather special. Yeah, but uh, the other Saturday game, uh, the Chargers and my Jacks, is going to be unique because I hear it could be one of the coldest home home games in Jacksonville Jaguar history. Yeah, it is going to be a rather uh, nippy day up in northern uh, part of the state. Uh, I would say probably a game time temperature around 45, which, you know, for anywhere else in the country, but Florida would be considered balmy this time of the year. But but they have had some really cold air uh, coming down over the central part of the state and the northern part of the state a couple of times this year. It's uh, not been a a typical mild winter for the northern part of Florida, unlike down by you, where it's not been as miserable. Hey, hey, it's going to be in the low 40s for not tonight, (laughs) but tomorrow night, it's going to be like 41, 42 for low. That's that's the equivalent of about 10 for us up here in Danville. So I'm feeling for you, young man, because you're not – you guys aren't built to take 40s. <laughs> I'm sure people in Western New York and uh, Cincinnati, Ohio would take 40s right now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, But I'll tell you, this has been, except for one little stretch around Christmas time, it's been one of those years where it's been kind of a weird one for us. We were we hit 50 degrees the other day. It was sunny. I was out in, in a T-shirt playing with the dog in January. So I'm not going to complain about the winter we've had. One interesting stat, while it's not going to be all that cold for Buffalo, by Buffalo standards, it is cold by Miami Dolphins standards. Uh, I guess they're nine in a They've lost the last nine games straight where they've played in under 40-degree weather. So uh, this will definitely be testing them as if it wasn't enough of a test being without Tua. 
Uh, I've got a question for the Miami Buffalo game. Is Buffalo's home state home field potentially the most vulnerable to weather? Because we've seen every kind of weather hit Buffalo this year: snow, rain, sleet, wind, cold. Is Buffalo the most weather unpredictable stadium in the NFL? I don't think so. And I'll tell you why, because the way the stadium in Pittsburgh is built with the one open end, sort of, where it's like not totally closed off, they have had a lot of trouble with kicking to the open end zone area um, in the past. So that the wind seems to be kind of fickle in Pittsburgh for that stadium. But you're right, Buffalo tends to have the most wicked weather. I mean, They've had two snowstorms this year where it was over, you know, two, three feet of snow um, with the lake effect. So they've already had two of those in one winter, although it's been very mild uh, by Buffalo standards lately. And, you know, the biggest thing with Buffalo is they can get into some wicked winds and some swirling winds. Um, because of the way the the lake and the, the land interact uh, when it heats up. Um, you know, you get a temperature differential between the lake water and the and the surface temperature of the land when it when it's kind of mild, um, and that can lead to some pretty funky wind direction changes out there. But I don't think you're going to have any of that this weekend. You're you're really looking at uh, probably the lightest winds that we'll see for a Buffalo home game in the month of January. January tends to be a very windy month in northern New York with a predominant west-northwest wind. Um, but this year, this pattern for this weekend is not living up to the usual standard. So I'm not expecting a wind speed over 10 miles an hour for the game in Buffalo, which is very unusual for for them indeed. I'm sure kickers will like that because you think Buffalo, and I'm like, I'm going for a fourth now. I can actually kick the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's anytime you're playing in Buffalo this time of the year and it's not like 10 degrees and the ball feels like a brick when you hit it with your foot, uh, or it's so windy you think it's like Lucy pulling the ball away from Charlie Brown at the last minute, you know, <laughs> or they don't get all of it. But no, it's it actually should be a very good kicking game for Buffalo. Um, I'm not thinking a very good kicking game for Miami because I don't think their offense is going to do much. Um, you know, they just it, it's going to be tough to go with what basically. I mean, they're not going to have either of their top two quarterbacks from the way it's looking right now, unless uh, Bridgewater makes a remarkable uh, recovery here. So. Um, I think Buffalo will will kind of uh, beat up on the poor kid. I'm I'm hoping they give him a game because I want to see a good a good bunch of playoff games. And you know, as a Chiefs fan, I wouldn't mind seeing the Buffalo Bills get knocked out of the playoffs. But yeah, uh, they're the team that I fear the most. Most in the AFC Championship. <laughs> yeah, for the fifth straight year, wouldn't that be something? You know, that's I don't have a problem. You know, I know there were some Chiefs fans that I saw on, on Twitter that were having a fit about what they're doing with the home field advantage. I will say this. Uh, 
Cincinnati got off to a really good start on that Monday night game, and they were driving for another score there when uh, the the tragedy happened. And, um, you know, if Cincinnati wins that game and everything else happens the same way as it did in the final week of the season, Kansas City doesn't have to, to worry about home field advantage. They would have it. And I think Cincinnati's a, a team that matches up great against Buffalo, or at least they did before they lost two of their linemen. Um, Cincinnati being down two offensive linemen kind of reminds me of my Chiefs in the Super Bowl against Tampa a few years ago where we were all beat up. Um, you know, you've got to give Burrow some kind of protection. you got to have some kind of a running game. Otherwise, that Ravens defense could be tough and could pull off the upset. And, of course, as a Chiefs fan, I don't mind seeing Cincinnati beaten as well because, you know, Chiefs haven't done so well against Joe Burrow the last three times. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, there is one game with a dome, uh, the Giants and Vikings. So, uh, I think the toll for that is, what, 47, 47 and a half. But how much of a difference does the Giant-Viking game taking place in a dome make it in terms of an over-under compared to it being outdoors? Well, it would be pretty cold outdoors, uh, would be in the 20s, which by Minnesota standards isn't too bad. But, um, yeah, it definitely changes the way the game is played because outdoors you'd probably be playing on a natural turf field unless, you know, uh, that's what Minnesota had many years ago at an old Metropolitan Stadium uh, <laughs> back in the Bud Grant days. And, you know, when it got cold like that that field got frozen and it was tough to get your footing uh versus and we saw recently that this minnesota team doesn't do well on natural turf sometimes as they uh they showed against green bay a few weeks ago so yeah i i think you're looking at a difference you know typical minnesota weather outdoors versus indoors here this weekend you're probably looking at a difference of eight to ten points maybe Mm. And, and uh, I, I really, I'm I really think gonna... that this. Go ahead. No, I, and I'm I'm really thinking this is going to be a high scoring game. I I think the over under might be a little might be quite low on this one. I know typically in the playoffs the game slows down, teams run more, um, they kind of work the clock a little bit more. It's a little more, you know, it's not as up and down, but. Both of these teams, I think, have the capability of, of putting some points on the board. Um, and so I'm I'm kind of looking at this as being a high-scoring game. I agree with you. I mean, we saw what happened a couple weeks ago when these teams played. It wasn't, I mean, Darren Jones put up over 300 yards, and we know what the Vikings can do. Hopefully, Justin Jefferson remembers remembers how to catch the ball because uh, the Packers <laughs> sure eliminated that threat a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's going to be no shortage of balls going Jefferson's way, Thielen's way. Uh, K.J. Osborne has really been uh, coming on here lately. I, yeah, yeah. Hawkinson, I think, uh, he's a guy that I'm looking at. I'm already starting to work on my ratings for next year. And uh, Hawkinson's a guy that I'm really 
thinking is going to be uh, possibly just below that elite level. And of course, only one elite tight end this year. Uh, and, uh, let me guess that Kelsey guy. <laughs> yeah, he's he was the only elite tight end. I I do think he's going to show start showing some signs of age here in the next couple of years. But until then, I, I think he's still the elite guy. But there's that second group of Kittle, Waller, you know, that I, I think might be added in with Hawkinson and, you know, Andrews, of course, uh, if, if Lamar is back with Baltimore would be in that group too. So I think that second group might add one more player next year. Not sure what's going to happen with the Raiders. Not even sure if Waller's going to be with the Raiders next year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I've been really impressed with Hawkinson since he came over uh, from Detroit. He has been a solid tight end play in fantasy football. And he's a guy that, if I thought the Vikings were going to go farther, I think they got a chance of getting beat against the Giants. I mean, they the Giants really had them beat a few weeks ago. I think um, the Giants. Let, I think the Giants win this weekend. I mean, yeah, Minnesota's got yeah. may have a great offense on paper, but the Vikings have go into the playoffs with a negative point differential. They won literally every close game this year. New York, New York didn't play anybody last week. So you tell Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are fresh. And I really like Brian Dable as a head coach. Not that I hate Kevin O'Connell, but I think the Giants are more than capable of winning this game. Dable has really impressed me. He's coach of the year in my book. Um, because if you look at what the Giants have on paper um, and the fact that your top two wide receivers right now are Slayton, and a guy by the name of Isaiah Hodgins that nobody really heard of before this year, and he's turned them into solid wide receivers. You know how far Kenny Galladay has fallen in his career when he was the only guy playing last year, last week. It was like, go ahead, Kenny. We don't need you. Go get hurt. Um, but everybody else was being rested except for Kenny Galladay, and he did find his way into the end zone. But uh, but now I've, I've really been impressed with the way the Giants uh, have played this year. Um, Danny Dimes, I'm not sold on as a franchise-type quarterback, but he got a lot. Dable got a lot out of him this year. And, you know, Barkley is Barkley. He is still one of the top running backs in the league, but he wore down a little bit at the end. So I think having the week off is really a, a good thing for him. And, you know, I just, I haven't looked at the injury report yet for, for the Giants game. Uh, I don't know if Bellinger is going to be back to play, but uh, he's another guy at tight end who's impressed me in the red zone. Okay, you mentioned turf and grass. Uh, the last game I want to talk about is the uh, Dallas-Tampa Bay game, and it's mostly about the Cowboys because I've noticed an odd trend with the Cowboys this year. Do you know what Dallas's record is on turf? I don't. Oh, on turf, it's really good. And I know their defense performance has been incredible. Uh, they, they're number of sacks is so much better than when they play on a real real grass 
How about this? Dallas, the Cowboys record this year is 11-1 on turf. The defense has recorded 25 takeaways and 42 sacks. But on grass, Dallas is 1-4 with 8 takeaways and 12 sacks. And that one win came against the Titans when they didn't play anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that has been an incredible difference. But it makes sense because Dallas's defense is, is built for speed. And, you know, at home on the turf or even on the road on the turf, but especially at home on the turf, they have been fast. They've been tough. Even the games where the offense hasn't done all that well at home and they've struggled, you still had great, great defensive effort. There is so much speed on that defense. And by the way, who was the only team to beat the Cowboys on turf this year? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll give you a hint. Tampa Bay. It was Tampa. Okay. Week one, I think the score that's was right. 19 that's to right. three. I, I was trying to think. I knew Tampa beat them week one. I was trying to think whether that was home or away. It but, was uh, yeah. Yeah, Tampa really is well positioned in this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they how they can do it. All right, Dennis, uh, before we sign off, uh, I do want to ask you, what was your – there have been so many bad weather games. We could spend an hour <laughs> – we could spend a day and a half talking about bad weather games. Do you have one bad weather postseason game that sticks in your brain? Yes, I do. I, I remember I'm not a Bears fan, but um, I was working in the weather office um, for a private weather company, and one of our clients was the city of Chicago, the Park District, on the famous Fog Bowl against Philadelphia. And we were watching the game that afternoon while we were on the phone trying to, trying to tell folks how bad this fog was. And, uh, you know, we gave them the advance that it was coming in. But I remember watching that game and you couldn't even see the players up in the middle of the field at times. It was so funny. And then when they'd show the field and they, you could see the players, you couldn't see the sidelines. It was it was the most incredible game that I've ever seen. The, the famous Fog Bowl against uh, Philadelphia years ago in Chicago. And it's weird because depending on location, uh, location, location, like it was nowhere else in Chicago. Like the airport was fine. Wrigley Field was fine. Oh, yeah. Literally that state field by the lake was foggy. Yeah, it was it was incredible because what we were watching in the weather office that day is all of a sudden Miggs Field, which used to be an airport right on the the right on the lakefront there, they kind of built it out on some landfill. All of a sudden, the visibility went zero, zero. And we're like, what is going on here? And we're looking at the visible satellite, and you can see this stuff, and it's just oozing down from MiGs down to, to uh, Soldier Field. And it was just, it took the whole stadium out. I mean, it just, it was the weirdest looking satellite picture but I don't think the fog went farther than about two and a half miles inland that day. 
um, as far as the real dense stuff. It was a it was just an infection fog coming in off the lake, and it it was so dense and it just wouldn't go away all game. That's the only thing I would sue uh, Buddy Ryan and, and Buddy Ryan and uh, Mike Ditka in '88. I'd I'd like to see if they can uh, simulate that for Madden football games. You know, that would be fun to play. <laughs> well, um, obviously, we all remember the ice bowl between the uh, yes Cowboys and Packers. But to me, how about the freezer bowl between the San Diego Chargers and Cincinnati Bengals? And that's after. LA, San Diego played the epic Miami, where it was like 84 degrees with 80% humidity. And yep. we all remember uh, Kellen Winslow cramping, cramping, and yet blocking the field goal at the end of the regulation. regulation. But then literally the charters went from the beach to Antarctica. <laughs> that was a brutal one. I also remember the Elway drive game against Cleveland. That was bitterly cold. That was a that was a crazy one. And of course, yep, in New England, you have the famous you know Tuck snowplow room. game where they came out and cleared cleared off the kickers uh, area there for them and changed a rule. So there's been some funny ones in the playoffs. And <laughs> I mean, and the strange thing about the freezer bowl game is the Cincinnati. Bengal offensive linemen all wore short sleeves because they didn't want the other team grabbing yep. their jer <laughs> the other linemen grabbing their jerseys. Hey, those are tough guys. Those, those big uglies up front, man. They're tough. <laughs> uh, hopefully we don't have to hopefully we don't have to deal with negative 59 wind chill and at any point during the playoffs. Now next week. If Buffalo wins and they're hosting again next week, it could be a very active weather pattern by the end of the week. So uh, they are they might not have as much of a docile game as they had this week uh, coming up. I think it depends on well, yeah, it depends on when it is. If it's Saturday, it might be one yes forecast. If it's Sunday, that's another one. Yeah. That's why I say it's going to be an active weather pattern towards the end of next week in Buffalo. And it's just a matter. It's too far out to, to give a really good timing. But whenever it's an active weather pattern, I look at it and go, mm, this one's going to be a little tougher of a call versus this week where it's a pretty easy call. All right, Dennis. Uh, thanks for talking weather with me. Weather with me. Uh, hopefully uh, things go well and, Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see you, Chiefs, in another Super Bowl. I mean, you started the year in Glendale. Maybe you end the year there, right? That would be a lot of fun. And uh, for the record, I'm really glad that the uh, the game that would be for the AFC Championship, if it is the Bills versus the Chiefs, will be in a very nice indoor stadium for both quarterbacks. So uh, being played down in Atlanta is the word so that'll be uh that'll be okay by me as a chiefs fan better bring the air conditioning because i hear the humidity there is unlike any stadium even more so than even for like indoor stadiums 